Adams and welcome to the Asheville View. Today we're going to discuss stereotypes and how they affect our lives, how they shift things around for us even when we don't mean for them to. So what do you all think about stereotypes? Well I think it's unfortunate they, that they still exist today and whether it's race or gender or culture. Uh, I remember when I first went to medical school and only 2% of the practicing physicians were women. So I have many stories about that, but I was never angry about it. I didn't have that chip on my shoulder. But when I was uh, at UCLA as a medical student, and I was told that I was going to be on call the next night, mm -hmm. but that I would not be able to take call in this cardiac unit where their on-call room was, I would need to go across the street, down three blocks, and stay in the nurse's dorm. And I said, no, that wouldn't be happening. Because when cardiac unit people come in and they have heart attacks or strokes, you want to be right there at mm -hmm. that time to learn how to treat them. Right. That's part of the medical school training. Mm -hmm. And so um, the next day I came. We had little black bags at that time. And it was my turn to be on call with three other male students. So I brought a black see-through Frederick's Hollywood negligee, <laughs> and I draped it right over the bunk bed, and uh, just went out to the nurse's station. And you should have seen the other three guys go in there one at a time. They'd turn around like on a dime <laughs> and come out there ashen, and then they'd poke the other one, and the other one would go in. But I use that as an example for, yes, I had a line, and I used it, mm -hmm. rarely, but they knew when they'd crossed it. But for the most part, I just understood what it was like at that time. Unfortunately, there were no women in OBGYN. Mm -hmm. And when I wanted to be an obstetrician gynecologist, they said, no, you can't be. It's a surgical subspecialty. And you have to be able to stand on your feet and make a decision, and a woman doesn't qualify. So I became an OBGYN. But the point is, today we're still seeing discrimination, and that's unfortunate. My personal experience is that I, I'm, I was born and raised in Morocco, so my, my background, my family is Muslim and Arab, and um, just having that is always, it's almost like you always have to prove that you're not. Um, a terrorist per se, mm. um, but get you know extra um, extra searches in the airport. Um, you're just perceived a certain way, um, even though. But they'll say, "Oh, but you are not wearing a hijab. You're you're Arab." And I said, "Well, I'm from Morocco. We're kind of very Middle Eastern and European, so it's a choice." Um, but they don't understand that it's not just because what you see on TV that not all people who have, a, have a, an Arabic name or an Arabic background are per se terrorists. And, and the way it carried over to my own personal life is that when I speak to my family and I'm at the grocery store, I would switch from Arabic to French because French was just the nicer language, just not as harsh and not as perceived that way, perceived um, um, threatening. So it was kind of, I never really realized that until I started thinking about it and I thought, why do I always do this? And that's how it personally 
um, affects me and I feel like you really have to put it out there, especially when you have children. You have to explain to them that it's okay, that stereotypes are there because they stem from something, but you really have to slowly stay away from it. You can't let it affect your life. Well, personally, um, being multiracial and the way that I look, I'm kind of racially ambiguous. I can look like a ton of different races, mm -hmm. and I've heard it all the way from, you know, Hispanic to people thinking I'm from India. Mm -hmm. And so I can be stereotyped by whatever someone thinks I am. And I've just noticed what two specific things um, is the treatment I get. I'm adopted. My parents are white. And I can go out to a restaurant with my friends who are different races and get really crappy service or get mm -hmm. judged and just, you know, just not the best experience. And then I can go to the same restaurant with my white parents and it's almost like they're like, oh, those are your parents? What a relief. <laughs> and it's like really upsetting. And so I get treated differently when I'm out with my parents right, right. than when I'm out and about by myself or with friends or other people of different ethnicities. Mm -hmm. it, but that doesn't always work. We were at an airport once in Chicago and we were going through security and I've got a really unique last name because it's winter. Mm -hmm. And my mom went ahead of me, right? They looked at her ID, it said winter. They let her through fine. They looked at my ID and saw winter and they checked it they actually called over a police officer to come verify my ID. Wow. And then, you know, my phone's blowing up. My mom's like, where are you? You were just right <laughs> behind me. And I'm like, sorry, mom. And like, then she looks and she sees me and they did the whole hand swabs for explosive material. They went through my suitcase. And it was just absolutely just really embarrassing mm -hmm. to me. And like, my mom didn't understand that like, yeah, that happens to me a lot of the time mm -hmm. when I go to the airport. I, I don't know if you remember this, Miriam, but the way that I developed a relationship with Miriam was I was working at the school and we were doing tardy sweeps and I was actually taking a student to class late. And maybe I looked young, I don't know, but when I, I was out of the tardy passes and I told this young man, I'll be your pass. I'll drop you off in the classroom so that you don't lose any time in instruction and I'll put the tardy pass in the teacher's box. And when I dropped the young man off at the class, the teacher refused to take him from me. Like she refused to acknowledge me as an African-American woman as a school teacher. I was not a teacher's assistant. I was not a paraprofessional. I was a licensed English teacher and she stripped away my dignity at work um, in front of this other student who had been labeled a problem student since a very young age mm -hmm. and it sort of reinforced for him I could see the shift in him like here's this woman is who's a good woman a strong woman that I know who cares about me who's supposed to be a teacher and a safe space for me and she can't get respect in the system um, and Miriam ran out of her classroom to jump to my rescue, to jump in front of me and this teacher and say, hey, this is not right, what are you doing? This isn't right. Um, and it was like, for the first time I realized like, no matter how many degrees I have, no matter how much money I have, no matter how smart I am, no matter how where I am, like I'm gonna have these stereotypes 
play against me mm. and that people are going to judge me. And it also made me really fearful for what the African-American kids were going through in schools because if I was experiencing this mm -hmm. as a licensed professional, oh my, what's happening when the doors are closed in the classrooms? Mm -hmm. And this week, as a matter of fact, I had a patient who was coming to see me and she said, oh, my husband has to see you. But I'll have to check with him because I'm not sure that he wants to see a woman doctor. So this is 2019, and uh, although things have changed and they're getting better, uh, we still have so far to go. And I've seen that as a CNA. I'll walk into the room with a nurse. They'll be like, oh, the doctor's here. And they're just assuming because I'm a male walking in the room that I must be That's the true. doctor. And it's just like, no, <laughs> I'm a CNA. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I have that issue with my own kid because both me and my husband have curly hair. And she has straight hair. Um, it curls up sometimes, but it's straight hair. But they would always say, is she adopted? And I say, no, she's, she's mine. She doesn't look like me a lot, but you can tell that she's mine. And they would say, oh, she has straight hair, and she's lighter than you two. And, and it's just always a matter of who looks like who. Like you said, no matter where you get, it's always going to be to that point, especially if we speak to each other in another language. That's another thing. They'll always say, oh, but you guys don't really look alike. Oh, it's, oh she's your daughter. So it's always about that, who mm -hmm. looks like who, <coughs> who doesn't belong, per se, which is very sad. So just... Before we close out here, how are you dealing with the stereotypes in your own life? Well, for me, I'm still doing what I always did. Mm -hmm. And many times other people's opinion of me is not my business. Mm -hmm. You have to sort those out. But I do the best work, I care for my patients, I listen to my patients, and I don't ever dismiss them mm -hmm. or try never to misdiagnose them, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whether they're a man or a woman or a child. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, to become, to stay credible and continue that way, I sometimes have to have my blinders on and just do my best work. Mm -hmm. Same here, you just have to not prove them wrong, but you just have to really lead by example. You have to try, I, I know it's hard because we try harder. Mm -hmm. um, there's a stigma, there's a stereotype out there and you have to work hard to show a good example and yeah. be the best version of yourself. And it's not a case-to-case -case scenario. I think the most important thing is to, like you said, show an example. Don't treat people like that. Try not to stereotype people. And maybe someone will learn. Mm -hmm. Maybe. If have you just be one less person that does that, and that's, that's making a change right there. But... You know, right now you just kind of have to deal with it, be the best person you can, and forgive people, and, you know, just be the best. Mm -hmm. And I want to thank you, because I don't feel discriminated against being the only white person on the panel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you mean to tell us we didn't even notice Dr. Norlin? I didn't notice that. I didn't think so. Thank you for including me. And you've been listening to The Asheville View. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe. Or check us out on the web at www.theavlview.com.